0: out this morning we'll go ahead and get service started brother john's not here this morning uh, he'll be back next sunday and uh, so y'all pray for them as they go and uh, we'll go ahead and get service started brother clay's gonna come start us off and word of prayer lord as we come to you this morning we just want to say thank you for another opportunity to gather in your house today to worship you lord i ask that you be present in this service this morning lord that you take hold of this service Do with it to help carry out your will. Lord, I pray for the singing today, that you'll be with everybody who's singing. Lord, I pray for the man who's going to bring your message, Lord. Just be with him. Hide him behind the cross as he's up here speaking your word. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's all stand. We're going to do page uh, 215 in the Brown Book. I don't know if I've led this before, but we're going to try it today. 77 brand- Thank you. If you have any offer, go ahead and bring it up front. seated uh i don't like to do announcements but i looks like i got stuck with this this morning uh on april the 30th we have potluck uh retirement uh dinner for brother john and sister debbie uh he announced his retirement that he's retiring at the end of this month so uh we are going to have them that special meal for uh april the 30th and as far as i know right now we will not have service that Sunday night, we're just going to have uh, all day with him here at the church on his retirement. Uh, we got May the 3rd, the uh, Crusaders for Christ Pinewood Derby. That will start at 6 o'clock at the Fellowship Hall. Uh, all the cars need to be turned in by the 26th of uh, this month. So, uh, And I think we may have Eddie going to bring his race car over here. If not, I'm putting them on the spot. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that'd be good for the kids to be able to have their picture cooked with and get in and tear it up and all that stuff. Uh, so then on uh, then on May the uh, 6th, we got a ladies' tea. My daughter, the Howard, is going to be speaking at that. So y'all pray for that. And uh, immediately after service today... Uh, Sister Teresa wants to meet with all the ladies, so uh, y'all meet with her after that. So uh, we got a very special singing this morning, so y'all pray for these uh, kids, and my niece going to help them, I think, so y'all pray for them as they come up and sing.
1: You're not the wrong Hallelujah, 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 Amen, Amen, Amen. Who the cross to me? Who
2: cries for all the
1: guilty? Who hear that much about me? Let me tell you about my
3: Jesus. He makes a way when the ain't no way.
1: Rises up from the empty grave.
2: Being no sinner that
1: he can't say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And his continues is I love that he did for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about Jesus. And Let it. my Jesus say
0: Sister Ashley didn't know she was going to be singing this morning. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, Derek's kids, but they, one of them fell asleep. So, kind of put Ashley on the spot here. <laughs> but I'm glad she showed up this morning. Uh, I'm going to put a plug in for her. Sister Tabitha and uh, my daughter and her have uh, started a podcast uh, for ladies. It's called Pur- Purposeful Women of God. So... Uh, any of the ladies that want to go on the podcast and listen to them, they, they do a great job. I think they're on their fourth or fifth uh, episode of that. So, y'all uh, listen to them, and uh, they do a real good job for that. I thank God for them. So, Brother Derek, you come on up. Brother Johnny, would you stand and lead us in prayer for Derek Preacher? Has been great and just being here and feeling the presence of God is so real. And I thank you for it. And, and I bring your blessings up on this church, Lord, and the hand of God with is overshadow. And as Brother Derek comes, I pray you'll hide him behind the cross and you are anointing him with the power of God. And you'll be able to preach the holy word of God with the power of God today. We love you and bless your name. And most of all, say that lost soul, it's near his hell. In Jesus'
2: name, amen. Amen. It's an honor to be here with you once again, and I don't take this privilege lightly. I just want to take just a second to thank Brother John for all he's done for me and my family. Just let me have a moment, just a second. Brother John cared for me. I was at my lowest and I just want to thank about Baptist Church for sharing him with our family. My dad's always been my pastor, but I'm telling you, Brother John is also like my secondary pastor, if you will. He's always calling on me and checking on me. Y'all don't know about that. He would never pat himself on the back, but when I'm at my lowest, I get a text from Brother John. I get a phone call from Brother John. Y'all have been very blessed here at Myrtle Baptist Church with Brother John and Sister Debbie. I just wanted to say that right now. If you will, be turning your Bibles to John chapter 13. I preached out of this scripture just a few weeks ago, but it's not going to be exactly how I preached it a few weeks ago. So... If you will, stand with us just out of honor to God's word. We're going to be in John 13, starting in verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And, being, and supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth up from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. And after that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash his disciples' feet, and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Then he cometh to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do now knowest knowest thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt not wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. But is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said ye are not all clean. So after he was had washed their feet and had taken his garments and sat down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me master and lord, and ye say well, for so am I so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I want to ask Brother Aaron Calvert if he'll lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Let's just start in verse 1. We'll we'll be going on down. He says, uh, Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour would come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. A lot of times we miss that part. He says, I know my hour is coming. I know it's now here. And we just hold on to that for a second, because we're going to be coming back to that. In just a minute, but he—I mean—throughout the Scripture, Jesus refers to this hour in John two four, Mark fourteen thirty five and forty one, Luke twenty two fifty three, John twelve twenty seven, and it goes on. He talks about this hour was coming. It was for this cause that Jesus came into the world. It was for this cause Amen. that he made the price—that uh, he was coming down to this world to pay the price. Yes,
0: sir.
2: Now the time was come to fulfill it. Now I want you to see what he says next. Man, I broke down when I seen this. He says, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them to the end. In a time of depression, in a time of hopelessness, there's many people out there that don't feel the love. They're looking for someone to love them. Why do you think the devil's able to capture them? Because he shows them a little attention. He makes them feel loved. I believe we as a church, just like you were talking about in the... uh, In the lesson this morning, we need to reach out to those that are hurting. We need to reach out and show the love of Christ. But I wanna let you know if you're here this morning and you don't feel loved, I know one that loves you. I know one that says he would love you to the end. Just like brother John preached on Wednesday night. He said, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He loved you from the beginning. He's gonna love you to the end. Matter of fact, he's gonna love you before the beginning because he said he knew you before the foundations of the world. He's going to love you after the end. Because in Revelation, he says, when time shall be no more. And you know what? He's still going to love you. So I know one that's going to love you even before the beginning and after the end. Okay, I'm going to have to get out of my introduction. Because even though God's love isn't a boundless love, the time for this sermon isn't. It ain't boundless. But this love is agape. Agape. That was the word that was used right here, agapeo. That's that unconditional love. Do you realize you can't do anything to make God love you more? You can't do anything to make him love you less. Now, you can do stuff to bring more judgment in your life, but you cannot do anything to make him love you more. You can't do anything to make him love you less than that agape. See what else he says. And after supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things in his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them off with a towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands in my head, Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not to save, uh, needeth not save, wash his feet. But he, he is clean every whit, and you're clean, but not all. I want you to see what happens right here. I love it when God shows up on the scene, Brother Terry. It just seems like every time I preach, songs line up, devotions line up, Sunday school lessons line up with what God put on my heart that morning. And it's done it again. Because I want you to see what happened right here. He says, I'm getting down and I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter says, no, not me, Lord. We think this is very commendable. He's thinking, I'm not worthy. How many times has God done something for us? Put a calling on our life or told us to do something. And we say, I can't do that, God. God, I'm not worthy of that. God, I cannot do that. Maybe he's called one of you to preach. And you say, I cannot preach. I'm not worthy. How can I get behind that sacred desk and tell the world about Jesus? And remember, it's about Jesus. It ain't about me. And you know what he said? He says, I'm not worthy. He said, but you're not going to have a part with me, Peter. See, the verse right before, he said, you don't understand what I'm doing to you, Peter. You don't understand. There's going to be times in your life you don't understand what's going on in your life. There's going to be times in your life you don't understand why is this happening? It makes no sense to me. But the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. And right here, Jesus was telling Peter, I'm wanting you to be obedient more than I am wanting you to be sacrifice. See, it was very commendable to say, oh, I'm not worthy. But he says, trust me. How many times do we, can we just put our faith and trust in God and it'll all work out? But we think we can figure it out on our own. We're going to get the solution. And we spend our whole time worrying, 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 worrying. When God just says, just let me do to you what I want to do to you. And at that point in time, all Jesus wanted to do was wash his feet. And all Peter had to do was just be obedient. Now why did this happen? I'm glad you asked. Because when we look at Luke's gospel, it's a totally different story. Because in Luke's gospel, Luke 22, 24 through 30, he says... And there was a strife among them, which should be accounted the greatest. And he saith unto him, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they exercise authority upon them, and are called benefactors. But ye are not so. But, ye have the, uh, but he that is greatest among you, let him be the younger. And he that is chief, let him as he that doth serve. For whether is greater he that sitteth at me, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am... Among you as he that serveth, ye are they which have continued with me in temptations, and I appointed to you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now when we put these two scriptures together, I can only see like my son and my daughter. You know what happens? They get in there, they get arguing. And, I, and when I finally had enough of it, I pull them off to the side and we're going to learn a lesson here. See, this argument was actually happening at the same time. They were sitting around the table where, God, where Jesus is breaking his body and he's giving out his blood. And they're arguing, oh, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm a better disciple than you are. No, I'm a better apostle than you are. What was it in the verses today? Let no man think of himself something when he is nothing. Mm. And I could just see Jesus saying, time out, y'all. I can only imagine. That's where he called time out. Y'all are over here arguing who's bigger, who's badder, who's the best. I'm the Lord. I'm the master. Y'all come with me. He started getting down there. He started pulling off his outer garments. And he girded himself. Do you realize washing feet was for the servants, for the lowest of the lows? Here they are saying, I'm the best. I'm the best. And now the best is getting down and saying, Clay, can I wash your feet? Let me just take your sandals off and start washing. And they're like, no, you can't do that. See, he was saying when he told Peter, you've got to have a part with me, he was trying to break his pride. See, Satan had already entered into the building. That's what the Bible said when he got into Judas. Pride was the original sin. And if you go over there to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, I want you to see something. These six things does the Lord hate. Seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift to run into mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. you realize the first thing he said was a proud look? See, that whole room was filled with pride. And Jesus said this. If you won't part with me, now we're going to see why he said it. You've got to get the pride out of your life. You're nothing. And when you think yourself of something, you're going to fall flat on your face. Jesus is going to say, well, fine. You think you're something, have at it. I guarantee you, you're going to fall flat on your face every time. But the reason Jesus was doing this was to break Peter's pride. There's nothing more humbling than to have somebody who's over you wash your feet. This is his Lord and his Master. That's a pretty... Humbling experience. And I want you to see this something else. Everybody's striving for titles in this world, for recognition. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be the other. Jesus says, I'm Lord and Master, and I don't care about that. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. So let's see something else he did. While he was washing his feet, every time you look, I mean, when you look through scripture, I followed this. Do you realize that washing, that the feet are tied to the gospel? When he said, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know what he was saying? Walk with your feet, because they didn't have cars back then. They weren't on the chariots. So when he told them to go, he said, use your feet and go spread the gospel. If you go over there to Romans chapter 10, what did he say? Beautiful are the feet of them. That carry the gospel. And if you go over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, what does he say? Your feet are shod with what? The preparation of the gospel. See, he was preparing these men when he was washing their feet saying, you've got a ministry and I want to make sure your feet are clean when you go out there. Oh Yeah. He says, that's when Peter says, oh, I want you to wash everything. Wash my body, wash my hands, wash my head, wash it all, God. He says, you're already clean, Peter. That's over there in uh, John chapter 15, verse 3. He said, you're washed by the word. And if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, he says, by the washing of water, by the word. You know what? You were cleaned by the word of God. He talks about, how can they hear without a preacher? I'm telling you, I don't know where you were when you got saved. But I'm telling you, that word got in you. Whether I was at the house, but that word came back to me. I was raised in church. And you know what? That word started pricking my heart. And I got down in my house. And I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. You want to know what, brother? He cleaned me up. I was washed. And he was telling them, y'all are all washed. But not all of you. He was referring to Judas. Mm. And this is going to give you a little better explanation about Pilate too. He was telling them, I want to wash my hands and everything. He says, those are clean. But Judas wasn't clean. And when Jesus came before Pilate, what did he ask for? Give me a basin of water. I want to wash my hands. He knew his hands were dirty. And he couldn't get them washed. The only way you're going to be washed is by the Word of God. And we've seen Brother John taught on it Wednesday night. That Word is Jesus Christ who was made flesh and dwelt among us. His precious blood does the washing. His precious blood does the cleaning. Yes, sir. Let's go on down. I want to be, try to be quick. If I told you everything that God revealed to me over the past few days, we would be here hours. So I'm giving you just a little highlight of what God was hitting me. Literally, going down the road to my mother-in-law's yesterday, I had a shouting fit in the car. So I had my Bible going, that hit something, and it showed something to me, and I just let it rip, tater chip. I want you to see something else here. He says, know you not what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. If I, then your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, I know there are two ordinances in the Bible, and that's baptism, and that's also the Lord's Supper. But if there was a third one, I would say it was here, because he told them, when he said, you do this in remembrance of me, he also said you ought to wash one another's feet at the same supper. Could you? I'm just going to ask you, don't, don't answer it out loud. If God laid it on your heart to wash one of your brothers or sisters Christ's feet, could you do it? Oh, no, I can't do feet. Well, I'm sure Jesus didn't like it either. And trust me, they were dirtier back then than they are now because they wore sandals on a dusty road. Jesus brought himself low and says, you're my servants, but I'm going to serve you. Talking about leading by example. Let's move on down. He says, For I have given you an example that you also should do, uh, that you should all do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Finally, we've seen the part. He said, you won't part with me. We've seen the preparation. Now we're going to see the promise. If you know these things, happier ye if you do them. You want to know what's going to make life happy? Doing what God says. He says in Ecclesiastes. He says let's hear the final. The conclusion of the matter. What is it? Fear the Lord. And follow what he says. He says this is the whole duty of man. You want to live a happy life. You do what the Lord says. Now I want to take a little turn right here. Because in verse 18. He says I speak not all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the Scripture might be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you, and it come, that when it come to pass, that ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. I want you to look at verse 21. Verse 21. And when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Verse 21 is very powerful. Verse 21 is talking about the one that was going to stab him in the back, brother Ron. You know what happened? Jesus didn't get mad and say, you get out. No, he was troubled. He was broken hearted for Judas. Maybe the worst person that ever lived, that betrayed the Son of God, it troubled him that Judas was going to betray him. You may have had best friends that stab you in the back. We was talking about forgiveness here in uh, Sunday school this morning. You may have best friends that stab you in the back. But you know what? You're going to have to forgive them. If you're going to be right with God, you're going to have to forgive them. You know what? He took it a step further. I hate to say it, we were open and honest in Sunday school, wasn't we? We said sometimes people get on our nerves and we don't even talk to them. Whoops. You know what Jesus did? He said, Judas, I know you're going to betray me, but take off your sandals. I know you're going to put me on the cross. You're going to sell me out to the cross, but take off your sandals. I'm going to wash your feet too, Judas. Here we are thinking we're Christian. I ain't talking to that person. But Jesus took the very worst enemy he had and washed his feet. Amen. Think about the person that you cannot stand. Don't act all religious in here. There's somebody that came to your mind. They just get all over your nerves. Could you wash their feet? That's what Jesus did. And if we are Christian, Christian means Christ like. Not asking, are you saved? If we're Christian, If we are Christ-like, we can do that. But I want you to notice something else. If you'll give me just about ten more minutes. I told you, I don't like to wear on people's patience. When I first started preaching, I had a preacher tell me that. He says, son, the message is only going to be as good as the seat stays soft, the minute that seat starts getting hard, they're tuning you out. So you better get it in and get it in quick. <laughs> Everything else you say after the seat turns hard, it's over with. So I'm gonna, I've learned to follow that rule. So if you'll just give me about 10 more minutes, I want to show you something. About a little over a year ago, I started this on an Easter sunrise morning. Brother Brady actually helped me, and Brother Tim, and I believe you helped me as well. And I want you to show you what Jesus actually did. We've sung that song. All morning, we've been singing about the trials. We've been singing about, for all you've done for me. Do we really know what Jesus did for us? In Genesis chapter number 3, there was a first Adam. The Bible says there was a second Adam. The Lord Jesus Christ. And we had talked about that day. I just gave you three little points. I gave you three little points that day. I told you with the first Adam. We said that uh, he died with his wife. when the second Adam died for his wife. We said with that uh, that first Adam. They listened to man's words. Because they were saying you can't even touch this fruit. God didn't say that. They added to it. But when Jesus was tempted, he depended on God's words. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God. So we've seen those two things. And then we've seen where the first Adam took sin from a tree. And sin became a part of him. But we said that second Adam, he that knew no sin was made to be sin. And what did he do? He hung it on a tree. So where the first Adam took sin from a tree, the second Adam hung sin on a tree. Now I'm going to show you some other things. How about how to shout and fit because some of y'all don't even know this. God's been revealing so much stuff. So I want to show you, uh, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, the very last verse of that, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Oh, but that's second Adam... When after they had sinned, you know what they did? They sewed fig leaves together. They had to get some clothes, didn't they? They had to start putting them on. Even God made skins for them. That first Adam needed to be clothed. That second Adam, it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he despised the shame of the cross. He took the shame. Adam and Eve were not ashamed. He He says, I'm going to take your shame. And what did they do? Were they clothed Adam and Eve? They stripped our Savior of his raiments. He was declothed. And you know what they did? They parted lots over his garment. He was ashamed for our sake. Oh what else happened? What else? In the first Adam, man betrayed God in the garden. With a sack at Adam. He was betrayed by man in the garden. For it was that same Judas that we were preaching about that came. And he, yes, He was betrayed by man. In the garden. Oh, just hold on. I'm getting somewhere. It says. I've got to help. I've got to show you this. And then we'll be wrapping it up. If you will, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. This is where I about had a glory fit. I want you to see what Jesus actually did for you. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, he says unto the woman. This is the curse that was passed upon us. He says unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow And thy conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. Here's something that was so awesome that i seen. He said to the woman. He says. For you to bring sons and daughters. You're going to have to experience such pain. Unimaginable pain. Now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to go ahead and address a cultural issue. I'm a man, and I will never experience that pain of childbearing. Amen. Can I say that right now? And, when, and mothers, when they try to refer to you as a birthing person, that is nothing but a slap in the face. You have been called a mother by the Lord. So you live up to that. But he said to the woman, you are going to experience so much pain so that sons and daughters could be born. Jesus said on the cross, I'm taking that curse. I'm going to experience pain unimaginable. And it's so that sons and daughters can be born. You may say, well, that's kind of stretching it, Brother Derek. Well, you need to go to John chapter 16 where he was talking to his disciples. And he says, when a mother is in travail, but then after that, the joy. He was talking to his disciples about him going to the cross. So before you say we're stretching it, you might want to go to John 16. He said that, I'm taking your curse to the man, go to the next verse. He said, well, let me just read it so you don't think I'm making this up. Verse 17. And to Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground. For out of it thou wast taken. For dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. Get this. He said, Brother Lloyd, Adam, because you messed up, I'm going to curse the ground. Thorns and thistles are going to start growing. And you're going to have to earn it by the sweat of your face. He told Adam that as he was leaving the garden. But as Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, as he was leaving the garden, what happened? Jesus got down and he started praying, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. You know what happened to his sweat? It started turning to blood. Do you realize the very first thing the blood touched was the curse. He said, "By the sweat of thy brow are you gonna have to work?" And that sweat started running. Jesus got down and he started praying. And then, if you go to Luke chapter twenty-two, verse forty-four, you want to know where it said the blood dropped to? The ground. The very ground that God said to Adam, I'm going to curse that. The sweat became blood and it fell to the ground. The same thing. He took your curse. Well, even And it started right before the cross. It started. The redemption act began. It wasn't finished till he said it was finished. Yeah. But I want you to see something else. He says, what's going to grow out of that ground? Thorns and thistles. What did that play on the crown of his head? It was a crown of thorns. Do you get this, Brother Josh? My curse became his crown. He wore my curse as a crown. And why did he do that? We're talking about crowns and feet anyway. So that one day I can take my crown and cast it at his feet. Do you realize he took your curse on the cross. He paid it all. He didn't just pay half of it. He didn't pay part of it. He paid it all. Your curse became his crown. And he says the, the son is glorified brother. The son is glorified in his cross. That was his crown. Today as I wrap up. Musicians, y'all can come to the instruments. I have a couple of questions. After hearing what Jesus did for us, can we honestly look at our lives, and I'm going to say I'm guilty. I can't preach messages without it hitting me first. Can we honestly say that we're a Christian? I'm not saying I'm saved. Can you honestly say you're christ Is there somebody in your life that you just haven't given forgiveness to? You hear their name and the blood boils. You hear their name and bitterness sets in. Jesus took that very same person and washed their feet. That's Christ-like. Sacrificing your self-will because it's not about you. When we start making it about us, we're not being Christ-like. Look at what he paid for you. We should be, as an old saying, we should have our back broken be in hell today. But he gave a physical representation that he paid it all. Not part. He paid it all. So how can we hold a grudge against one another? To whom much is forgiven, much is required. God's forgave me of a lot, a lot more than I wish I put on. I want to ask you this morning, as I wrap it up, want everybody listening. This is the most important part. Do you know that you're saved? Do you know? Not asking. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Are you 100%, without a doubt, sure that if you took your last breath today, you would be in heaven by tomorrow? It's very important because me, I'm going to give you my little personal testimony right here. And then I'm going to turn it over to them. Derek Knight grew up a pastor's son. Derek Knight grew up a grandson of a pastor. If anybody was going to get off of somebody else's coattails, it was going to be me. When you're talking about James Ransom, Johnny Knight, I mean, I hadn't done nothing really bad. I was eight years old. I hadn't done all these terrible sins. But you want to know what? I said I was saved. But deep down, I knew I wasn't. I wasn't in church, Brother Clay. It was a Saturday night at home. I just struck my heart and I knew it in my heart. I needed Jesus. My challenge to you this morning, if you do not know that you're safe, if there's the little tiniest of doubt, and I'm not saying this to make you doubt, but I'd rather you put down to this aisle a hundred times and make sure it's right than to walk out those doors and one day wind up in hell. I want you to know that you you know that you know that you're saved, and you can't have the word of God this morning. If you're not sure, please make sure. Well will ask everybody just to bow their heads, close their eyes. Nobody's looking but me and the Lord. If you're here this morning, you say, "Brother Derek, I know that I am saved, but pray for me. I've not been the Christian I need to be." I know there's some things that I need to get right with God. Would you just slip that hand up, put it back down. We'll not come to you or embarrass you or shame you or anything. I see hands going up. I see them going up all over the building. You're being honest and I commend you for that. Now what are we going to do about it? It's one thing to admit it. It's another thing to take care of it. Now i want going to ask you this morning. Here today, and you say, I don't know that I'm saved. Would you pray for me, Brother Derek? I will not embarrass you or call you out. Just slip your hand up, put it back down. I see some hands going up. What are you going to do about it, church? What are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? God has spoke to my heart as well. What am I going to do about it? I think we need to find ourselves in an altar, asking for forgiveness, which He said He would do. Brother Terry, everybody can look this way, Brother Terry.